You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about the police regatta de blanc on the line i have rob hello ben hello and kyle hi there regatta de blanc is the second studio album by the english rock band the police released on the 2nd of october 1979 on AM records the producer was nigel gray and the police and the genre is new wave reggae rock white reggae and post-punk and i'm going to read from all music review greg prado by 1979's Regatta de Blanc, nonstop touring had sharpened the police's original blend of reggae rock to perfection, resulting in breakthrough success. Containing a pair of massive hit singles, the inspirational anthem Message in a Bottle, and the spacious Walking on the Moon, the album also signaled a change in the band's sound. Whereas their debut got its point across with raw, energetic performances, Regatta de Blanc was much more polished production-wise and fully developed from a songwriter standpoint. When vigorous rockers did crop up from time to time, the material was overall much more sedate than the debut. Bring on the night, the bed's too big without you, and does everyone stare. Also included was one of Stuart Copeland's two lead vocal appearances on the Police album with the witty On Any Other Day, as well as one of the band's most eerie tracks, Contact. With Regatta de Blanc, many picked Sting and company to be the superstar band of the 80s, and the police would prove them correct on the band's next release. All right, what do we think of the police, Regatta de Blanc? Loved it. I, I gotta be honest with you guys. I, I gotta... Gotta set the record okay. straight. When I was here, we go. Put, when I was bringing the album up on the on, on Spotify, I, I saw I saw Atlando's Diamore, and I was like, oh, "Well, that's got to be the the album I should be listening to." Oh, uh, okay. It's it, it's it's got the weird name and everything, and uh, and then today when I asked if we were doing the Roxanne drinking game, and then it was like, oh. "That's not on the record." I was like, "Uh oh." <laughs> Did you not listen to the record? I've listened to this record twice now today. They did uh, like the theme of of different of. Well, well, it's not French. What? Uh, or yeah, is it's it? French. Like, what, okay, yeah, uh, uh, French, French titles. I, uh, I mean, I saw your rock I, I'm man, like I, Ghost I in the Machine or Synchronicity, which don't have the French titles. My bad, guys. I know more <laughs> about '80s Police than I do about. 70s police but all that said um 
this album's pretty dang good, and uh, we should talk about Stuart Copeland's hi hat work uh, for should. the rest of the, uh, yeah. the podcast. Because oh holy fucking Man. shit, that dude! Hi hat sales owe everything to Stuart Copeland. <laughs> oh, so are like Stuart Copeland and Sting fighting and talking shit about <laughs> each other. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love the lore of the police. Uh, I love this record. I have this on vinyl. I've had it for a long time. Kyle, do you have this one? The double 10? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that and I've got synchronicity. Those are the only two uh, I have. Anyway, I've always loved this record. Um, first song. I mean, come on like this. How do you guys feel about the police? I feel like I meet a lot of people who hate the police. I don't hate the police. Here's, I don't hate the police. My my take though is they don't cross. They, I, I don't know. It's it, it it's a tight band. It's a super tight band. I kind of feel like the same way mm-hmm. with Genesis. Super tight band, well crafted songs. I just don't care for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. I just can't get into it. Tell me why I should care though. No, it's just interesting because, uh, like you, we like a lot of the same stuff, sure. bro. You know, um, but I also meet people who we like a lot of the same stuff, and I'm like the police, and they're like, "Can't fucking stand that band," or they're they're just like they're fine, they're talented, but I just don't care for them. And is it Sting? It might be Sting. I like Sting. Do you ever do you ever hear the Adam and his package song titled "Sting Cannot Possibly Be the Guy from the Police"? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, there's also that like Onion article from like 20 years ago uh, that's written by Sting, where he's like, "I used to be kind of cool once," where he like goes into <laughs> a Eleven to get a Diet Coke, and he, he's like, "What's this cool like punk reggae song?" And they're like, "It's the Police." And he's like, "Oh, I remember Sting kind of being a joke?" You know? Yeah, I mean, he has a great voice. He's one wonderful as Fade and Dune, and. He's he's a he's a character. I mean, I the the crazy thing though is I just love I love the like you're saying I love the drumming. Bass is spot on. Uh, guitar playing amazing. The songs are well crafted. It's just like the style. I think it's the style of music they're playing. It just doesn't. It just goes. It like over not over my head, but just like glazes over. I just is yeah. it the the reggae influences or, I, or what I think is that's it a lot of it because I was trying to I was like I don't know reggae it's it's not really a not dub it's not reggae it's not I I think it's the mashup of the rock rock reggae post punk that's their secret sauce yeah I I I I, I, I yeah, I, I enjoy that. Um, the The bass and the vocals really do sound like a person who keeps all of his cum inside himself. Like it, it just <laughs> it, it, it has that that tantric sex. I get it. You know, it's, it's all <laughs> up in there. It takes a special kind of guy to one day leave his house and tell all of his friends, "I go by Sting now." <laughs> but not the pro wrestler (laughs) but not the pro wrestler no i mean okay so it's just sting is that no no i think he's healed i think it's the style i think it there's a style yeah it's it's progressive but it's it's not exciting to me for some reason wow okay i i don't know How, how do you feel about Stuart copeland birch good they're all players. 
That's the thing is it it has that element. It, it's the same way I felt about Genesis. Almost the exact same thing. It's like I listen to it and I'm like, this is good. Here, here's here's my analogy. If it comes on the radio, I won't turn it, but I will not turn it up. That's fair. It's I don't know. Completely fine. I feel that song is a masterpiece. Which one? Walking on the on moon. the moon. I did like that. That was a surprise, and Regatta de Blanc was also a nice surprise. It was. I like that one. Yeah, it got me. Is that? Mm-hmm. Are there any EOs on their first album, or is that the first EO of a band with many EOs? Regatta mm. de Blanc was originally like a stage jam that they played in the middle of uh, "Can't Stand Losing You," make its own little standalone jam, and it's it's a banger. Yeah, it is good. I like it. I will say this album probably stands up, stands higher than a lot of the stuff that we'll we'll probably get to later on. I mean, can't stand so close to you. Nah, not really into it. I I I understand uh, every breath you take. You know, as a pop masterpiece or whatever. Maybe not masterpiece, but a wonderful pop song. But I just. It's not something it's I'm really into. It's uh, hard to fuck with synchronicity as an album of output. Yeah, yeah I'm it's sure true. we'll get to synchronicity it. It's true. It, but it's. Yeah. I will say, I mean, Kyle, you and I have had a discussion about police before because I know you're a big fan. Um, and in Roxanne did hit harder once I watch Erga Music War. When they play Roxanne mm-hmm. on Erga Music War, it's faster than the recorded version and it felt a lot more alive. It felt more energetic. I, I got into it a lot more. So what Stuart Copeland does is like rush the songs and piss <laughs> off sting yeah. constantly. That's part of their lore. Like they're like mythology. Also Stuart Copeland's brother directed. I'm sure if you knew that. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Me neither. It makes sense why they're first and last on the there's a really funny anecdote. So for this record, they they did this thing where they would play a song like three times and then keep it keep it going in the studio like live and do one more take. One in the book is like one of the books. Uh, he's quoted as saying like, "I get it up to the speed where it was like really fast and that was my groove." And then they go to Sting and he's like, "That's not true. We were just trying to tire him out so he'd slow it down." Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like there's That's no strategy. <laughs> also like um yes i i'd heard about this but i'd never seen it i went back and found the footage of sting's wedding uh in 1992 have you guys seen this oh no, no i haven't watched his wedding film yeah i'd heard about it there's like 1992 uh thing it was a big party and um the police hadn't played together in like six years but they're all at the wedding they're all kind of you know feeling good the trogs had just played no shit. The Trogs played the wedding. Fuck yeah, the that's Trog- a party. Yeah, so the Trogs equipment was on stage, and they just like got on like oh, it's, and like instantly like Copeland's taking this song too fast. Like <laughs> Sting's glowering at him. Like <laughs> the poor guitarist is like playing on this like Stratocaster on this tiny little baby amp and looking pissed. Like <laughs> man, there, there's not many uh, power trios where you can be the guitar player. And and a third wheel of a band. <laughs> <laughs> Run, suppose, right? Not not that Andy uh, Andy Sumner is on guitar and his guitar lines are great, but in a band like the Police, he just happens to be outshined by the vocalist and and rhythm section. 
Yeah. You know, I, in fact, I was noticing something. I was just yeah. sitting right here. I've, I've had this, this record for years. I've never noticed this before. So it's a picture of their three faces and Andy's face overlaps Sting's face, which would imply that he's in front of Sting. But Sting's face is like twice as big <laughs> as Andy's face. It's like if, if Andy's really standing in front of Sting, Andy's face is like four inches tall. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ben, I, I bet they probably argued about that in a room for hours. And <laughs> the best yeah. yeah, you're right. It's- oh, but it's years he's like oh really he's like you know. it's like no man it's perspective and he's like i'm in front of you <laughs> <laughs> drumming it's the type of thing like i i I, i'm a drummer and i can play like a lot of different types of drummers i've been doing it for a long time but i have trouble doing the type of thing that that Stuart copeland does his like i know that he, he he borrows so much from like reggae and dub but his style of drumming specifically his focus on the hi-hat is so iconic and influential it's like so much a part of the sound of this band on the on the studio records is like layered. Mm-hmm. Bob has talked about going to see like uh, cover bands and they they rip into a police cover song and he's just like laughing at the drummer struggling <laughs> to play these parts. He's like, dude, I was wondering. I was so wondering because like I, I know I know it, he's influenced by dub, but like on a track like uh, this bed's too big for you, I couldn't tell if there was an echo on the drums. Or if Stuart Copeland was like manually playing an echo, which would be really oh, cool that if he was, yeah. you know, like if yeah. he, if he's like playing the beat and also like playing his own like ghost echoes, which is what it sounds like he's doing. That, yeah, that, that would be incredibly I think he was impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're listening listening to uh, Death Wish right now, and mm. no thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I is kind of like a two-parter with uh, "Bring on the Night," the previous song, by the way. Yeah, that's true. I thought "Bring on the Night" was was interesting too. "Bring on the Night" is a fucking banger. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I, I it, it, like I said, I it, just I just go back and forth with the band. It's it's like yeah, it's it's good. I I like it. I just don't like it. I, I'm trying to. It's hard to put it into words when you're when you're not into a particular style, but you can really recognize the, you know, what they're doing. No, it's just, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. No, it's, it's, I really like hearing why people don't like the police. Well, I can tell you why they probably rejected them later is because they, they became a very, I don't know if I would say soft, but a very polished pop oriented band and sting has an ego. 
I mean, with anybody with with ego like that, I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's going to turn a lot of people off. They're they're yeah. a very they they get a lot of they're so popular and they have such a cert a, a style of pop sensibility that you're going to have a lot of haters no matter who you are. I feel like. But on this on this album it was seventy three in the United States. Was that message in a bottle, or was that for the album? Oh no, that was yeah for the first single. It's seventy four. You know, uh, everywhere else they're blowing up the charts. In my elementary school music course, a uh, music class where we uh, we would go down to the music room once a week and normally like like play hot cross buns on the recorder, you know, like that class. I don't know if my music teacher's name at the time was, uh, well, I'm sure it's still his name. I just don't know if he's still around. Uh, his name was Mr. Fleck. I don't know if he had some kind of midlife crisis or what, but we came in one day fully expecting to sing hot cross buns. And he was wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and which was out of character for him. And he handed out like the, the lyric music and we just sang message in a bottle all day. Aww. And it was the first time and last time we'd ever sang like like a pop hit in that class. And I I, I think about that from time to time over the years. Like great anecdote. Yeah. That poor yeah. he was going through something. Yeah, right. And to sing back a hopeful <laughs> message. <laughs> he was alone on a, an island. Wow. Yeah, maybe it's also a bit of a a bit, bit of police fans as I, as I learned from, uh, was it Steely Dan? It's like oh. a lot of it's not Steely Dan's fault. A lot of it's their fans fault. <laughs> Although they have a, very big egos, but it, it's like you develop a reputation as a, as kind of a lame band. And I think it's, it self perpetuates into, into, uh, the rock. I've never it, met a, Die hard police fan. Really? I don't think I have either. Yeah, I, I've only like I enjoy the police, and most of the people I know who enjoy the police are also. Yeah, I like the police. Huh, you know, right, this, this is fun. I, I've I've never met like a like take over the i the the iPod. <laughs> he said There's out that loud. Echo, uh, yeah, like t- take over a fucking like you know. Uh, a party and just like plug their shit in and have it be the police. I've never seen that in my entire life. <laughs> never met a obnoxious. Uh, no, but what, what you're describing fan. sounds like a ween fan to me. <laughs> and they're the fucking worst. I feel like this is a straw man. man is a ween today. fan worse than a, than a Red Sox fan though? Um, yeah, because a, a Red Sox <laughs> fan isn't going to stand up in front of the fucking like, dugout and conduct the fucking pitcher. Have any of you run into an obnoxious police fan? No. Uh, well, uh, Birch, no, like, Birch, like di- Birch. diehard police fan, like police fans as a fan base. Birch indicates that this is a thing and I haven't seen it. Birch, I'm sorry for taking it over. Tell look, me, tell me, tell me your tale of woe. Look, they've sold 75 million records. That's one of the, lot. one of the largest uh, one of the biggest selling uh, bands in the world. Do you know anyone so, who the police is their favorite band, Birch? Oh, I know. I know someone. Sting. 
<laughs> Sting and Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, has has Sting ever historically been like been, been like dealt with the hard questions of like why do you do a Caribbean affectation in your voice? Oh yeah, he's done a he said a lot of troublesome shit to be honest. Like, I, I've lived most of my life without ever really. It's it, it's always just been the sting voice to me, and it's only been recently as I'm revisiting this album. Like, oh wait, no, it's not a sting voice. That's like a Caribbean thing that he's doing for his British reggae band. Walking on the moon. Is it any worse than Jagger trying to sound like a blues man? Probably not. I was just wondering if he's like, uh, you know, Sting's so famous and he's got this big ego. I'm sure he's done tons of uh, interviews. I was just wondering if anyone knew it, uh, of an interview where like someone kind of asked him, hey, what's up with that? Is that appropriation? Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. It's Funk a, that. It's a good, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. I, th- that's one of the reasons too. I, I don't know. I'd rather listen to, I don't know, English beat or Desmond Decker, you know, a lot of these other sort of reggae, although they don't have this rock influence. They don't have the trio. They're not, they don't have the combination. To be fair, English beat is also not from the Caribbean. Think about the Copeland song (laughs) on this record. The the Copeland what? I like this song that he's singing. Three songs that Copeland did. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that he was singing vocals on this until your intro, Birch. Yeah. It's pretty good. It kind of sounds like the jam or something. Yeah. I like the Copeland songs. They're they're different. They're they're weird. Yeah, they do they do stand out, I will say. What's Copeland up to? Is he still hanging out with Les Claypool every few years? Probably. So playing the festival circuit. <laughs> playing the hippie festival circuits, yeah. You know what hippies love? Hi hat. They sure do. <laughs> but I like the hi-hat, too. I mean, it's a crucial part of the kit. I, I, I do agree with that. Probably working on a new Spyro <laughs> the Dragon soundtrack. <laughs> Have you guys heard anything from uh, Sting's uh, daughter, Elliot Sumner? No, I have not. She had an album that came out a few years ago, and uh, her and her band played a sparsely attended show at Uncle Pleasant's that I was privileged to uh, to attend. And it was awesome. And she sounds just like her dad. Like uh, her band's a bit more of like a like indie indie dance goth. Uh, and she's, she sounds just spot on like her dad. Uh, it was a really cool show. I picked up the record. It's a cool record. It's off topic, but still sting related. No, it's great. Cool. So, you know, this album like didn't chart worth of anything in America, but, um, yeah. uh, stings like 1992 record or blankets of diamonds or whatever, like fields of gold. Number two, that was a song at least, right? Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> like a brand new day song. Like blankets how, of diamonds. I like how you're so, <laughs> so over it. <laughs> you're like this album, but sting. <laughs> I mean, don't don't forget don't forget uh, his work <sighs> with uh, Brian Adams and Rod Stewart, Kyle. All for one, and one for love. One for all. <laughs> one for love. Yeah, walking on the moon is it's a good one. Uh, right now we're listening to uh, "Beds Too Big Without You," and I liked this song a lot. I I, I uh, 
I wasn't as familiar it's really with this friend, about. but I like it. I'm assuming it's about a bed that is too big when you're in it by yourself as opposed to with your partner. According to Sting, um, <laughs> this song is about uh, his first girlfriend who killed herself after they broke up. That's sad. Hey, I didn't know that until I, I did some research for this record, and that's dark. This record's dark. More like Regatta de Noir, right, Kyle? <laughs> Am I the one of this episode? <laughs> I do appreciate that um, they they come right out and say they're white reggae. <laughs> it's on the title right. of the album. It's like, this is what we got. This is what we're doing. This is the kind of uh, thing we're trying to trying to pull off. I do. I think, do also appreciate that they address that on in the title. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're not trying to pretend. Except my voice does have a Caribbean accent of sorts. It's well, strange, it, I guess though. It could be argued if you're trying to do a reggae, even a white reggae, you need to have the reggae sounding vocal delivery. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, the 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 line between a what we would call appropriation and and trying to imitate or be influenced by things is it's blurry. It's it's interesting to think about because I mean I listened for years and years to people like Danzig, uh Chris Isaac, um Morrissey, uh Jim Morrison and I croon like that's my singing has a croon to it. And mainly probably because I listened to so much of those crooners that it, mm-hmm. it, it unintentionally, I'm not saying I, I'm trying to. Like what th- if there was a, a cultural affectation also tied to it? Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if, if Sting was really thinking it through of, of thinking, oh, this is what I, I want to sound like Bob Marley. I want to sound like this. Or if he was just listening to that a lot of that music and and just imitate it's it's an imitation of of doing that i would imagine that it's the latter i i would imagine it's an imitation of style without necessarily you know it's it's late 70s uh, not necessarily a a yeah. a, a, a 2020 perspective of of the uh, uh, appropriation in regard you know i'd just be surprised if that question had never come up in an interview you know yeah all right, Rob, this will bring you back around. You ready? What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I will be participating in the Roxanne drinking game. Oh, dude, be careful. That's how Bonham died. With, with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with uh, little shooters that came uh, in my communion plate. I have a full communion plate. And it will be filled with 27 of uh, little little whiskeys for National Whiskey Day this year. I'm familiar with those communion plates. Uh, What would you call call, call, uh, it? Like technically Catholic, uh, I guess. But... uh, what what uh, I'm familiar with those cups. What do you call those? Like a half half ounce, maybe? I so I looked at it and I think it's a sixth of a shot. So that okay. Would... So you're still doing like 15 shots? No, no. It'll no. be like four shots. Wait, it's one sixth of an ounce. What What would a normal shot be? Normal shot. Like say an ounce. Call it an ounce. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure, let's say an ounce. So it's a sixth of an ounce. If the bar doesn't, the bartender doesn't like you. It's a 
it's yeah. an church I grew up in was giving you more than six of an ounce of, of, of Jesus' blood. Yeah, these are really small. They're All right. Tiny, tiny. Uh, so, but I'll d- be doing 27, uh, not counting the rock. In the course of, of three minutes and 10 seconds? That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So, even if it's a six of an ounce, yeah, you know, it's still it's still more than four shots in it, during a song. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's substantial enough. Yeah, you, you we, will feel, you will feel the effect. We used to do that just with beers, like pre gaming. So you go through a couple of beers, and by the time the the song was done, <laughs> I've never never met anyone who tried to do shots. That's fucking insane. I'm telling you. <laughs> If that, that song has 27, it was 24 that killed John Bonham, and he was a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and I doubt, I bet his was in more than three minutes, 10 seconds. Oof. I would recommend no one try to drink. Okay, 750 milliliter bottle is what, like 26, 27 ounces, maybe? Is it a full bottle of alcohol in the course of a pop song? I don't know. It's close, maybe. Sure. It, it, it's damn close. To do to actually do the Roxanne game, it's you're basically just chugging a bottle of booze while the song Roxanne plays. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> don't recommend it. You don't you don't you don't need rules to have a good time. You can you can drink as fast or as slow as you want. That, that's my that's a public service announcement from from your friend Ben. Drink as fast or as slow as you want. Regatta de Blanc. Man, I'll go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a positive. Uh, it's a good record. It's not my favorite record. Give him a chance. It's not my favorite record, but it's solid. Yeah, it's got enough on it for it to be a, for it be, to be a positive for me, but I'm not necessarily uh, going to shout it from the rooftops. But I would recommend it if someone wanted a police record. Is it is it problematic to be a police fan these days? I don't think so. Not of the band. Yeah, the band. Judas Priest. Come on, guys. Wait, I the band Judas or Judas Priest? Priest? <laughs> which, which of these three bands are you talking about? Okay, what, right, Rob, are you? Tell uh, Van Morrison. Man, well, I listened to their first record for so many days until I found out today that I was supposed to be listening to the second record. And honestly, I kind of prefer the first one. I'm not too sure why the second okay. one got thrown in there like beforehand. It's more polished, mm-hmm. had the had a lot more of the what would you say, the reggae influence. It, ha- it had their their direction set and message in a bottles on there. Oof. Walking on the moon. I'm gonna go neutral. Um I mean it's fine. I I I I I prefer the first and I, I look forward to talking about synchronicity, but on this one I'll go neutral. Synchronicity is so tight. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think, Kyle? Of this record? Yeah. I think it's great. I, I love this record. End to end. 
Um, it's got the darker kind of stuff that you're not going to see in their later records. King on the Moon, I feel like it's one of the all-time rock and roll, like capturing the feeling of like new love. That song is just a masterpiece. You know, the original chorus for Walking on the Moon was Walking Around the Room. Around the Room. Yes, I read that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's the origins of this iconic song that I've loved for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was really drunk in a bar in Germany, and I went to my hotel and just started walking around. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you write a song. Anecdote, yeah. <laughs> uh, I... I don't know. I think I'm with you, Rob. I might have to just say neutral. I just, there's just, the police just don't connect with me some, somehow. It, it, it might be that I would rather listen to a reggae artist. It might be, I'm, I'm, it, there's not like a hook. There's not hooks for me to really grab into, except for things like Message in a Bottle, uh, Walking on the Moon, maybe Bring on the Night. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they just don't resonate with me. There's something that I'm just not connecting with. I will say, though, from listening to this album, I will... I, this is probably the first time I listened to this album straight through. They're kind of a singles band for me, like I would pick out singles, but I will probably go back and listen to this album more more that I've listened to it now and see, and see if I still feel the same way in a, a year, a month, a year from now. Yeah, I'm glad to listen to it, but I just, if somebody asked me, uh, the fact that I'm having trouble deciding, I think that all, always ultimately decides. If I'm not just like, yeah, of course, positive, then if I have to think about it, then I feel like I, it, it's it's not going to be there. So there's just something that does connect. I wish I could pinpoint it. It's hard to pinpoint with such good players, um, good good sound. It's pretty creative. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just a little, uh, a little dry for me. It's like a there's some sort of dryness. You feel about, about you too. About you too. Is that that's how you feel? Yeah. Okay. No. How do you feel about you too? Oh, I like you too. Yeah. Okay. You two has a bit more. I know if there was a bottle of No, no. Uh, I mean, I like Morrissey and other other people who with big egos and actually I, I really like Sting's um the like I I like his voice he's got a great voice I I just there's just something that uh I I think I just don't like the the songwriting I don't I don't like the the way the songs are really composed um and I don't I don't know exactly why I'm still trying to figure it out something about the the mix of British pop Jamaican reggae, new wave, it, I, I can't get it. I don't know. Rob, is this how you feel when you eat cilantro? <laughs> no, no. I, I, cilantro makes me sad. The police don't make me sad. Just this record is not as, uh, it, it didn't connect it to me the way that other, there are other records do. So, no, I, I, I like the police. I, I, I really do. I, I, I own many Police records, just no. yeah. I would pick this up if I saw it in the in a record bin. I would, I would, I would buy it. But I don't know. How about if your buddy was like, "I'm taking all these records to Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. Do you want any of them?" Yeah, I would absolutely. <laughs> and then I just wear 
wear out uh, side two, track one, walking on the moon. <laughs> or maybe side <laughs> three. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> got the double 10 inch. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't even know what side it's on. Yeah, that is pretty. It's a mess. Around. It's a mess over here, guys. Uh, hey, Birch, what's up next? Next time we'll be talking about the fall live at the Witch Trials. All right, thanks, oh John. wow! I have been waiting for a good excuse to uh, to do a dive into the fall. 